Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. In session five, I just want to note that this session is equally divided into part one and part two. I'll be covering part one, and then my mom will join us later for part two. This part is called Renew and Resist. Renew your strength and renew your mind. I want to tell a story about my little girl named Foster. She's six now, but probably at the time that this story occurred, she was three or four. My mom that that you know from these video sessions has a swimming pool, and it's a summer favorite of of our kids to go swimming at the grandparents' house. Well, on one particular day, she asked to swim, and it just wasn't going to be able to happen that day. I told her no and said maybe another time. And so I went about doing what I was doing, and I I later walked by the staircase and uh, was a little bit confused because her swimsuit was laid out on the stairs and I said Foster I told you that we're not going swimming today and she said oh I know that you told me we're not going swimming today but I've set out my swimsuit because I'm going to be ready when it's time to go and so I share that story because I think about how we approach trust in the Lord which is a strength building mechanism in our lives I think that we can learn something from the intention of that at the time three-year-old. When we wake up in the morning with a choice to put it on like a garment, we will find that it transforms the rest of our day. So as we talk about renewing, renewing your strength, renewing your strength, there's a key verse of scripture that I want to share, and it's Isaiah 40, 31. Go ahead and find it in whatever um, type of Bible you're using, whether that's a a tablet, uh, Googling on your phone or or actually on the page but I want you to look up Isaiah 40 31 and then I want you to go ahead and in the paragraph that we've provided you in your book write Isaiah 40 31 but write it with with pronouns and using your name so I'm going to use an example here uh, for part of it Um, Isaiah 40 31 when I Paige Scott trust in the Lord I renew my strength I run, and I do not grow weary. So I want you to write that down. I want you to tuck it away somewhere. Actually, take a picture of it. Save it to your favorites on your phone. Pull it up where you can read it anytime and speak it over yourself. But what this verse does is it establishes a foundation for how we strength build in the Lord. We renew our strength by trusting in the Lord. So think about it in terms of weightlifting, which I know very little about. And um, in junior high, I had to lift weights, and I would count as fast as I could on the reps to try to make the exercise go faster. Um, And I'm sure that probably I did not get the full strength-building effect of what the intended purpose was uh, from our PE teacher at the time. But when you think about strength-building in terms of lifting weights, you will know that you lifted a certain weight for a while, and then that weight 
only then maintains the muscle that you've already built. To build more muscle, to increase your strength, you actually have to be able to maneuver something that was different than what you'd maneuvered before. I love that um, in weightlifting land, they have spotters. They have folks that, that come and help you. When you're in this situation of strength building and you're trying to get up a weight that is going to increase your strength, but it's actually beyond what your current strength is. So you've got a spotter there to either assist you in getting the bar up or to be there if you're operating outside of your strength and the bar starts to fall. So as we talk about strength building in this context, I want you to also remember that we have this beautiful person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, that serves as a spotter for us as we go on a journey of trust in the Lord and strength building with the Lord. He does not ask us to do things um, that, that we are not equipped to do, and he is with us every step of the way. So if you are here because you have been battling anxiety. What an amazing opportunity to put trust in the Lord frequently on a regular basis so that you might grow in an unusual strength. What do I mean by that? Say you have highly anxious tendencies that you find yourself more anxious than not throughout the day. As you begin to, in your session journals and through this material, identify what exactly am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? As you identify those things, then each time that's an opportunity to say, okay, I trust the Lord with A. I trust the Lord with B. If we want to take it a step further from our material, a way that we could transition into that trust in the Lord is that phase phrase, God is able. So for example, um, Lord, I'm feeling anxious about coronavirus. This is 2020 when we're recording, so I hope this is the most irrelevant example ever a couple years down the road. I hope it, I hope, I hope so. I pray so. But say, Lord, I'm feeling anxious about coronavirus. I can identify that. I can know that that's causing me some anxiety. And so it's an opportunity for me to say, Lord, I trust you with my concerns about this pandemic that I don't understand. I say, God, that you are able to protect me, you are able to sustain me, and you are able to put a hedge of protection around my family and my household. I am not able, but you are able, and I place my trust in you. So you know what I did, according to the word? I just renewed my strength so that I'm in a situation to continue in my race of faith without growing weary, without getting tired, without fainting. It's a very simple principle, but it's important. We get strong from our weakness as we transition that weakness into a place of trust and salvation in the Lord. So if you're from... Uh, an area where you have a Hobby Lobby store or there are, are signs printed that have cliche, popular Bible verses on them. You've probably seen something from Proverbs 31 talking about this infamous woman of virtue that says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. And if you're familiar with that, you probably have one of two responses. One of those responses being, I really don't like that lady. Who can laugh at the days to come? Or maybe your other response is, 
yeah, I can relate to that because I understand what's going on with her. But if we don't read the whole chapter of Proverbs 31 that tells us about that woman's life, then we miss a key verse in 17, same chapter. It says in verse 17 that she clothes herself with strength. So kind of like my, my child laying out her swimsuit in preparation for the moment that she needs it. This woman that is clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come didn't end up in that situation by happenstance. She woke up that morning. Later in the day, people made that observation about her, but she chose with intention to dress herself with strength. She chose, just like in the same way that, that I chose to wear a red shirt right now, she assessed the situation of her life, and she said, I'm going to clothe myself with strength today. You know what that means? She clothed herself with a trust in the Lord. As we do that, our strength is renewed, and the fruit of our lives will be that we are clothed with strength and with dignity, and we laugh at the days to come. What I love about God is that this doesn't even have to be some um, arbitrary or ambiguous concept or thought. Literally, although we can't see this with our natural eyes, in the book of Isaiah, we are given some insight into, into the, the garments of salvation that we receive from the Lord in Christ. Isaiah 52 says, wake up, wake up, Zion. Uh, that's a message to God's people. When you see Zion in the new covenant, that's talking to us, those of us in Christ. Wake up, Zion, clothe yourself with strength. This woman totally got the message. The Proverbs 31 woman, she got it. Clothe, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor. Isaiah later describes that those garments are a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. So we know that trusting in the Lord is a means of salvation. Sometimes we use that word just in context of our eternal salvation, which is important. My mom led us in a prayer of salvation early on that we have a security as a believer as we placed it, our, place our trust in the Lord for eternal salvation. But there's a moment-by-moment moment opportunity to renew strength, to receive salvation from the Lord for all that the, the day has in store for us so that we will find and you will find you are the woman that you're clothed with strength and dignity, and you laugh at the days to come. Um, I want to share a story from Zechariah, and this is, this is in, in your book. I'm not going to read it to you, but I'm going to summarize it to you. And um, as, as we also make a transition from talking about renewing your strength to renewing your mind, I want you to know that God plays an active role in us receiving truth. Again, we have a, an opportunity to partner with truth and with what God is doing as we trust in him for salvation and in those moments. So I'd shared at the onset of Hearts at Rest a story that had some funny names in it from people from the Old Testament. You remember that name, uh, Zerubbabel or Yeshua, Joshua the high priest? This is the same story, and in short, God is calling people back to build his temple because they've been off in exile. And specifically, the spiritual leader is going to be this high priest named Joshua. And so the prophet Zechariah gets a, a vision in the heavenlies, and it is of the Lord basically commending Zechariah. Zechariah, 
you're going to do this for me. You are going to be able to do what I've called you to do. And it says that Satan begins to stand next to, to Joshua the high priest and to accuse him in his ear. And what he says is, you're filthy. What you're wearing is filthy. What you are covered in is filthy. And this is just a reminder that the enemy is an accuser. We saw that with Eve. He accused her of misunderstanding what God spoke of, and we see it multiple times through Scripture. But what's beautiful in this passage is that the enemy begins to accuse Joshua the high priest of being insufficient for what God is calling him to do. The Lord says, I rebuke you, Satan. And then he instructs his angels to go and clothe Joshua with these royal garments. And I want you to think about that in your own life. When you begin to address the accusations that the enemy either is actively making against you or has made against you, you have a a Lord who is your advocate and who will defend you, and he will clothe you and make his garments available to you. The accusation that was coming against Joshua the high priest was very specific. You're filthy. Look at your filthy rags. You're not going to be able to do this. And the Lord rebuked those things, and the Lord addressed those things. We've now entered a time where we need to think about words and statements that have shaped our life that we need to be refuted by the Lord. For some of you, this may have come up in the, the, the root session. Um, for others of you, it may not have. And you'll see that, that we've asked you to start with two examples of identifying statements or accusations that have come against you in, in your life that have caused, caused great pain. And in fact, I just want to pray right now, Lord, I pray for the woman on the other side of the screen that as she ponders these, that you reveal in the warmth of your light, in the goodness of your character, things that she has held on to that were not true, that people have truly spoken, but that don't line up with who you say that she is. If there is something that she's holding on to that has been a statement, a conversation, or a mindset that is, is shaping her belief about you or herself, we want to invite you to rebuke that in this time. But I ask that you reveal it so you can heal it, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. So to give two examples from my own life that I was thinking about when I was a teenager, I had someone influential in my life say both of these statements to me. And they may be very different than than how your statements would look. I remember that someone told me I was very judgmental and I needed to work on that. And let me say that when they told me that, it wasn't from a place of love and correction, of saying, hey, I, I see this tendency in you. I want you to be mindful of it. It was definitely in a place of condemnation because something had happened between me and them that made them uncomfortable. And so they told me I was judgmental. They told me that others thought I was judgmental. And I believed that about myself for a long time, when the reality is that I'm I'm not judgmental. These 
I'm not judgmental at all. I love people. I love broken people. And I have never harbored judgment in my heart toward anyone who needs the Lord. But I carried that mindset. And you know what? It probably created a reservation in my life because I believed there was this like big flaw about myself in my walk with the Lord. And so as an example of how the Lord might rebuke that, here's the truth about a situation like that. And here's the truth about me. I'm not judgmental. But the Lord requires of me and has enabled me to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with them. That's the truth. It's a lie that I'm judgmental. It's the truth that I can act in justice and love mercy and actually recognize that in my life, mercy triumphs over judgment. I know that for you, you may not be able to call up something that quickly or get to a word in the Bible that, that instructs your heart and what is true. But I believe if you'll invite the Holy Spirit in to teach you what those statements are about yourself that aren't true, he will equip you with what you do know to help you renew your mind. And similar conversation, someone told me that I was, quote, arrogant and self-righteous. Again, it wasn't from a place of love and correction. It was from a place of uh, I had made someone uncomfortable, and it was a lot easier for them to cut me down as far as they could than to address their own pain and discomfort in their life. And you know, what I know is true about that is that I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I'm not self-righteous, but I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I, I bear fruit and a root of righteousness because I'm in Christ. But I recognize that's him and that's not me. And I'm not arrogant. I'm humble because the Lord has graced me to recognize that anything in my life from, of substance, it's only from him. So what I'm doing is I'm sharing those things with you that I had to work through and that I had to allow the Lord to show me Someone may have got this vantage point on you, but they got you wrong. Here's who you are, and here's, here's what I say about you. We list some lies, some general lies and words that you may believe about yourself because they were spoken or because you just developed that thought over time. There's 25 examples. You are not enough. You are not good enough. You will never be good enough. I'm going to stop right there just because I don't want to speak any more death or toxicity than what's already out there. But if you're having a hard time thinking through, I want you to read through those and think, do I believe those about myself? Is that true of me? And then on the next page, we give you an opportunity to replace those lies with the truth. And like I was just telling you, invite the Holy Spirit to partner with you. Google is an amazing thing right now. I use it all the time. Sometimes if I need to know what the Lord says about something and I can't get right to it, I'll say, what are Bible verses about comfort. What are our Bible verses about the redeemed? What are our Bible verses about those who are brokenhearted? And as long as that page is populating Bible verses for you, that's truth that you can go to. Find out what God says about you and replace it. If you also don't know much about the truth of what God says about you, and you're going through this with a host as your guide, they're going to speak into your life when this session is over. 
But if you're going through this independently and without a host, I want you to pray and ask the Lord to show you a person in your life that's trustworthy, that you could go to and say, hey, I recognize that there are some statements that have shaped my life and some words that have created mindsets. I know they're not true, but I don't really know what the truth is. Can you help me navigate these? Ask God to show you a godly person, and he will be faithful to do that. As we transition into part two of this chapter, we've concluded with some some verses that are about thoughts and about words. A person's words are life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Your words should be full of grace and seasoned with salt. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With a harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. The list goes on and on. So even if you aren't saying and repeating these words, these statements that I'm referencing that someone may have brought up in your life that are accusations that need to be refuted, then thinking them is equally as powerful. Whether they're coming out of your mind or whether they're playing, they're coming out of your mouth or playing through your, your mind, they're taking up residence in your heart. I'll close my part of this session with Isaiah 54, 17. It says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in accusation will be condemned or refuted. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So we stand on that as we move forward, that every tongue that has risen against you in accusation will be refuted. We ask the Lord to continue that good work right now as we finish this session. starting uh, part two of session five, uh, talking about renewal and the adversary. And um, as we move on, uh, after having heard the panel, there were just some comments that they said that really stood out for me. And uh, I just want to repeat some of those. Uh, some, these are different statements that different ladies on the panel shared. And these are all ladies that have struggled uh, and do struggle with anxiety. Lay it down daily. Don't pick it up. God equips you to handle life. Self-talk. It is hard, then harder, then better. Be still. Uncover and heal. It is a choice. Breathe the fresh, fresh air of God. Create. Enjoy outdoors. Love over fear, less control, worship and music. It can still be dark at times. And so I just wanted to share these as a reminder that uh, our daily walk, it's continual. It doesn't, just doesn't get to a point and then it stops. It just, it's a continual walk day after day. And um, as we've talked about in Renewal, and I want, I want to say this verse again, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, be you not conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the perfect, acceptable will of God. And we've talked about how we are transformed, and it is by the renewing of our mind. And uh, as we get to this point, we talk about the adversary. You have to realize, and we talked about in the beginning, how uh, the evil one does not want you to live for your fullest potential, your purpose, your design. So there is always an attack on you, a battle for the mind. It's the bombardment of thoughts that bad thoughts that people in your life have thrown at you, that he throws at you, that he still will throw at you. So it still is a battle. But God says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have faith. We know God is who he says he is. And we know have, we have faith in his word. We also understand we're believing by faith in things that can't be seen. And we're not relying on feelings because uh, feelings will come. There's going to be days where you get up where you don't feel God and you, you don't hear him speaking to you. But he's still there and we, we grow in faith. Ephesians says, we do not battle flesh and blood, but principalities of darkness in high places. But once again, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We're going to talk here um, that the steps that we, we are at at the end of this book to move forward. Remember what we discussed in Philippians 4 about being anxious for nothing. Put it into practice and the God of peace will be, be with you. Ephesians 4, 8, 9. Step two, what are the things you're thinking of that conflict with the list above? If there are many, start with the biggest three things that weigh you down. Pray and think about these. Write them down. Don't sugarcoat them. Light exposes darkness. And if something is the old way, we want the light on it. Step three, Identify these truths and things of the Spirit using scriptures below that can replace the old thinking with the new. So remember, we're pulling up the old and replacing it with the new. We're pulling up the toxic thoughts, the bad thoughts that have been shot at us by other people that the evil one sends to us. We're replacing those thoughts with God's thoughts of us, what God says about us. He says, we are his beloved. On the next page, there's plenty of scripture there to go through and to read through and to find strength from. And finally, we get to the last page of that where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then I encourage you, ask God, God, what are you calling me to do? Journal it. And remember, God sees you. He is Elroy. He sees you. Keep moving forward daily, one step forward. Keep walking in the light as God is in the light. And as you keep stepping forward, your path will get lighter and lighter. It is a journey, and it's exciting to grow in faith. Finally, Absorb these things, that the enemy will mock you with questions, just as he did Jesus. 
Jesus effectively resisted the devil by verbally confessing the word of God back to him. And he resists him and he refutes him, and the devil will leave. Verse 11 says, The devil left him and angels came and afforded him. Matthew 4, 3 and 4 says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I encourage you that you do live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 